Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center. We're in Random Lake, Wisconsin. Glad to have you with us here today for our Congregation at Prayer for this September 21st, 2020, Monday. Our catechesis today will consider Leviticus 16. It's actually our last day in Leviticus, and then we move on to Numbers. Yeah, uh, Leviticus 16, the Day of Atonement. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We say our memory verse for this week. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Romans 13, verse 10. Our psalm this week is Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed, and in the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath, we bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are seventy or even by reason of strength, eighty. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger, and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first reading today is from Hebrews chapter 8. Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest, who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected, and not of not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts, both gifts and sacrifices. 
Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things. As Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle, for he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For the first covenant had been faultless, for if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. And that he says, A new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. There ends the reading. And now our reading from Leviticus chapter 16. Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at just any time into the holy place inside the veil, before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, lest he die. For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Thus Aaron shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as a burnt offering. He shall put the holy linen tunic and the linen trousers on his body. He shall be girded with a linen sash and with the linen turban he shall be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore he shall wash his body in water and put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two kinds, or excuse me, two kids of the goats as a sin offering, and one ram as a burnt offering. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's lot fell and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it and let it go as the scapegoat into the wilderness. And Aaron shall bring the bowl of the sin offering which is for himself and make atonement for himself and for his house and shall kill the bull as the sin offering which is for himself. Then he shall take a censer 
full of burning coals of fire from the altar before the Lord, with his hands full of sweet incense, beaten fine, and bring it inside the veil. And he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony, lest he die. He shall take some of the blood of the bowl and sprinkle it with his finger on the mercy seat on the east side, and before the mercy seat he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people. Bring its blood inside the veil, do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. So he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel, and because of their transgressions for all their sins, so that he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of meeting when he goes in to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out, that he may make atonement for himself, for his household, and for all the assembly of Israel. And he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it, and shall take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. Then he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times, cleanse it, and consecrate it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And when he has made an end of atoning for the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting, and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel, and all their transgressions, concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat, and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. This shall be an everlasting statute for you, to make atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. All right, quite a long reading, so be quite a bit of catechesis here, but I think it's worth worth the effort. All right, so what event uh, begins our reading today? Yeah, we have the death of the two sons of Aaron, right, which we studied last week. And what warning was Moses to speak to Aaron? See this in verse 2. Yeah, Aaron was not to come whenever he chose, of course that was the sin of his sons, right, um, into the most holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat, lest he die, right? But not any time, but one particular time. Uh, why do you think blood, you hear blood repeated like in verse 3, why is that so important in all these narratives? What is it with the blood? So come up again in the next chapter. Uh, Leviticus 17, verse 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Therefore I said to the children of Israel, No one among you shall eat blood, or nor shall any stranger who dwells among you eat blood. All right? So the life is in the blood. You've probably heard that expression, right? Uh, blood, and it's blood that makes atonement. That is, um, a life given for a life brings new life by God's mercy. 
Why was Aaron to bring, or what was Aaron to bring, excuse me, when he went into the holy place? Actually, even just before he entered the sanctuary. Yeah, verse 3. The blood of a young bull as a sin offering and a ram as a burnt offering. Right? And what was Aaron to wear? That's right, the vestments that the Lord had uh, assigned, the holy linen tunic, the linen trousers, the linen sash, and the linen turban. Why were the garments sacred or holy? Not in and of themselves, right? Um, but because God had declared them to be so. Uh, what must he do before wearing the holy garments? This is important. Do that in verse 4. Yeah, to bathe himself in water. This is important language, bathing in water, uh, baptizing, if you like. Think Genesis 3. Uh, what verse? Maybe verse 21. That's right. Adam and his wife. For Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. All right, so the, the, that language of clothing. Uh, but being clothed and also being clean, think of St. Paul in Galatians 3, when he says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So you see the link between washing and garments there. Uh, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. All right, yeah, so we are all clothed with sacred garments, uh, first indicated here, I suppose, well, maybe back in Genesis 3, but also here. Um, but the garments that we wear are Christ's right, Christ righteousness, uh, which is declared upon us as we are forgiven in the waters of baptism. What was Aaron then to take from the congregation of Israel. I see this in verse 7. Yeah, two kids of the goats as a sin offering and one ram as a burnt offering. Yeah, so lots of offerings here. What was to be done with the bull, of course? To slaughter it um, as a sin offering to atone for himself and for his house. Where was Aaron to take the two goats? This is really important, I think. Yeah, to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. We see that in verse 7. And why did he cast the lots? You know, throw the dice, if you like. It's to choose, right? Which goat, for which purpose? One uh, lot was for the Lord, the other was for the scapegoat. And what happened to the goat whose lot fell to the Lord, of course? Yeah, it's offered as an atonement for sin, a sin offering, and the other goat is called the scapegoat. What was done with the scapegoat? This is still how we use that term today, uh, of course, in a different context. Yeah, it was presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it, and then it was let go into the wilderness. You see that in verse 10. Now, what was Aaron to take with him inside the veil to the holy place? We've got here again, uh, a censer full of burning coals, verse 12, right? From the altar before the Lord with two handfuls, that's a lot, of finely ground sweet incense, probably sacred frankincense, all right? Um, and not uh, hypoallergenic or something, just naturally hypoallergenic. <laughs> People have a problem with incense. 
how would the incense be used? You see this in verse 13. Yeah, the smoke would cover the mercy seat that was on the testimony. Again, why? The same reason why he only went in on the day that the Lord appointed. Again, here he would do this lest he die. Now, how did Jesus, looking forward to the New Testament, how did Jesus do away with the curtain that separated the most holy place from the holy place and also the incense? That is, that the, the uh, altar, the mercy seat is, is veiled, in a sense, by the incense. Well, for this, you want to look at Matthew 27 and the crucifixion account. You probably know it well, that when Jesus died, of course, the veil of the temple um, was ter- torn in two. And now the mercy seat, our mercy seat is actually in Christ Jesus who made full atonement for our sins. So it's revealed to us. No need to be hidden by incense. What was done to the bull's blood? You see this in verse 14 there. I needed to scroll. There's the sprinkle the bull's blood with his finger on the mercy seat and sprinkle some of the blood in front of it seven times with his finger. Now again, what was um, the bull and the, the goat sacrificed for? Here, this bull and goat. For atonement of the holy place. That it be set apart, forgiven in a sense. Now why did Aaron himself and the tent of meeting all need to be purified to be atoned for? You see this all like in verse 17. Well, for this, we actually uh, will need to look at at Hebrews, a reading that we'll hear later this week, actually. Uh, Hebrews 9, starting verse 22. Now we can go back a little bit. All right. Um, For Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law. He took the blood of the calves and the goats with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Then likewise he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no remission. So it's all because of the uncleanness, as we hear there, of the children of Israel, for the iniquities of the children of Israel. Right? and their uncleanness, their rebellion and their sins, it says, right? Yeah. Who was allowed to enter into the tabernacle of meeting at this time, on this Day of Atonement? Yeah, only Aaron. Only Aaron. Why couldn't anybody else enter? It's again pointing forward that there is only one high priest uh, for the sins of the people. Of course, ultimately Jesus. Uh, what was the false understanding of goats? There was a false understanding of goats. This doesn't come up until the next chapter, which we're not going to study in particular, um, but we can hear about it. Uh, let's see, I'm going to use ESV. Yeah, here it is. Because New King James has it as a footnote, but in ESV it says, So they shall no more sacrifice their sacrifices to goat demons after whom they whore. This shall be a statute forever for them throughout their generations. All right. 
so the Hebrew is quite clear here um, that some there were some who believed in and goat idols, false gods attached to goats. Okay, what was Aaron to do with this live goat? Verse twenty-one. Yeah, he lays his hands upon the head of the live goat, confesses over it all its iniquities, or all the transgressions and sins, not of it, but of of is the Israelites. That is all their sins, and he puts their sins upon the goat's head, and then he was to send the way of the goat away into the wilderness. So you see how then this signifies that the sins of the people were removed from them and carried away upon the head of the scapegoat. Um, what was foreshadowed in particular, not by the goat so much, but by the man, the suitable man who leads the goat away? Yeah, if we're thinking of Jesus here, who might that signify? Yeah, think of Simon of Cyrene who carried the cross for Jesus. The goat was taken where? Into the wilderness. And why? Ultimately in Jesus. He is our heavenly scapegoat who carries all of our sins away. Now, what is signified by the dead goat and the living goat? Right? So there's a contrast set up here. See in the, in the goat that is sacrificed, right? Um, it's sacrificed for the sins of the people, just as Christ was sacrificed. The living goat, though, I think is very helpful. It, shows, it gives us a reminder already of the risen Lord who carries all our sins into the wilderness. How often was this atonement made? Yeah, we don't actually, I actually skipped that verse, but it's in there. <laughs> yeah, it's once a year on the 10th day of the seventh month. All right, so once a year on the 10th day of the seventh month, and it's called the Day of Atonement. You can see that in Leviticus 23:27 when you have the calendar kind of established. Um, now, question. Can or could the blood of bulls and goats take away sins? Was this all a show, or does it actually do what it says? Uh, no, actually, it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats that has created things to take away sins. They're, they're um, signs, or if you like, sacramental, right? Um, God attaches his word. It's God who takes away sins or forgives sins ultimately in Christ Jesus. Right? And these are signs of that future sacrifice. Uh, the Hebrews 10. For the law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. For the worshipers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is impossible, it is not possible, that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. All right, so therefore, when he came into the world, he said, and that goes on to Christ Jesus. So how is Jesus then different? Thinking both of Hebrews 9 and Hebrews 10. And maybe I'll read another section from Hebrews 10. I'll go back to chapter 9. I'll read both. Um, all right, so Jesus is different in one sense. Here's Hebrews 9. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. 
Not that he should offer himself often, as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He then would have had to suffer once often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to, take, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. All right, and then later, chapter 10, By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. For that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Psalm 110. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. All right. So, um, maybe to summarize, Jesus was without sin, but chose to bear all our sins. We are made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, once and for all. There is no further sacrifice required. All right. A meditation on this text. Blood is life and is necessary payment for sin. There was only one man who could enter the tabernacle of meeting on the Day of Atonement, because there is only one man, the Son of God, who has entered into the most holy place on our behalf. Only he who has been begotten by God can draw near to God. So also must we be begotten of water and the Spirit to draw near to the Father. While the priest needed the cloud of incense between himself and the ark, so now the blood of Christ and the sweet-smelling incense of his death are what bring us into the presence of the Lord. The goat that is slaughtered for the sins of the people foreshadows Christ, who is slaughtered for our atonement. The living scapegoat is a reminder that the risen Lord has borne our sins off into the wilderness. He who was baptized in the wilderness to take on our sins as the Lamb of God now puts his clothes of righteousness upon us in holy baptism, that we may pass through the wilderness with our sins cast as far away from us as the east is from the west. In Christ there is no further sacrifice required, for his is once for all time. As a side note, this is why um, Lutherans rejected the so-called sacrifice of the Mass, uh, Roman Catholic teaching regards the Lord's Supper. <laughs> Say they re-sacrifice Jesus every Mass. It's not what Hebrews teaches. All right, nor really proper understanding Leviticus or the cross. <laughs> All right, uh, actually, this is the, not fifth and sixth, but the seventh and Eighth Commandments. Let's confess our catechism uh, for this week. Seventh Commandment, you shall not steal. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. Eighth Commandment, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor. Betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything in the kindest way. We pray. Heavenly Father, forgive us our sins of stealing and strengthen our faith in Jesus so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way, 
but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, forgive us our sins of giving false testimony against our neighbor, and strengthen our faith in Jesus so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything about him in the kindest way. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On this Monday, we pray for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism. We pray for all vocations and daily work. Pray for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Pray for our first responders, doctors and nurses, and all those who work in nursing homes and hospitals. Pray for an end to all fear and anxious thoughts and constant worry. Pray for deliverance from pestilence, sedition, and rebellion. Pray for our military and law enforcement personnel. We pray for uh, those who celebrated their baptism yesterday, Dwayne, and those who today celebrate their anniversary, Walt and Ruth. We pray in thanksgiving for the gift of healing for Carol. We pray the Lord grant healing um, and his mercy to those who are ill or recovering. Marcella, Jan, Ron, Marlene, Brad, Janet, Timothy, Pastor Lindau, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Aaron, Roger, Steve, and Jean. Pray for those who grieve, especially my family. Pray for those who are isolated at home, Bev, David, Willis and Janice, and Mickey. Pray for all the missions of our church, especially Orphan Grain Train and the Federowitz family. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect for this week. O Lord, we implore you, let your continual pity cleanse and defend your church. And because she cannot continue in safety without your aid, preserve her evermore by your help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today is also the commemoration, actually the feast day for St. Matthew, Apostle and Evangelist. St. Matthew, also known as Levi, identifies himself as a former tax collector one who was therefore considered unclean, a public sinner, outcast from the Jews. Yet it was such a one as this whom the Lord Jesus called away from his occupation and wealth to become a disciple. Not only did Matthew become a disciple of Jesus, he was also called and sent as one of the Lord's twelve apostles. In time, he became the evangelist, who inspired record, whose inspired record of the gospel was granted first place in the ordering of the New Testament. Among the four Gospels, Matthew portrays Christ, especially as the new and greater Moses, who graciously fulfills the law and the prophets, and establishes a new covenant of salvation in and with his own blood. Matthew's Gospel is also well known and beloved for its record of the visit of the Magi, for the Sermon on the Mount, including the Beatitudes and the Our Father, and for the institution of holy baptism and the most explicit revelation of the Holy Trinity. Matthew 28. Tradition is uncertain where his final field of labor was and whether Matthew died naturally or a martyr's death. In celebrating this festival, we therefore give thanks to God that he has mightily governed and protected his holy church through this man who was called and sent by Christ to serve the sheep of his pastures with the Holy Gospel. We pray. O Son of God, our blessed Savior Jesus Christ, you called Matthew, the tax collector, to be an apostle and evangelist. Through his faithful and inspired witness, grant that we may also follow you, leaving behind all covetous desires and love of riches. 
For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory reverend ever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the Holy and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Our hymn today, or actually for this week, is Abide, O Dearest Jesus. You'll note uh, I just highlighted stanzas one and two. Um, those are our memory verse, our memory stanzas, if you like, for this week. Steadfastness and help us 
That concludes our devotion for today, Congregation at Prayer, September 21st, 2020, Monday. I'm so glad to have you all with us, and uh, do join us again tomorrow if you're at all able. Of course, you can watch us on replay throughout the day, and uh, it's always good to either begin or end the day with prayer. Lord be with you all. We'll see you soon.